Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. TED is a nonprofit devoted to spreading ideas, usually in the form of short, powerful talks, 18 minutes or less. TED began in 1984 as a conference where technology, entertainment, and design converged, and today covers almost all topics from science to business to global issues in more than 100 languages. TED is a global community welcoming people from every discipline and culture who seek a deeper understanding of the world. They believe passionately in the power of ideas to change attitudes, lives, and ultimately, the world. TEDx was created in the spirit of TED's mission, Ideas Worth Spreading. The TEDx program is designed to help communities, organizations, and individuals to spark conversation and connection through local TED-like experiences. If you have ever watched or listened to any TED Talks, it's pretty much guaranteed that they will change the way you view the world. TED Talks give you a global outlook in a way that few other resources can provide. My guest, Brett Simmons, Ph.D., holds the license for TEDx University of Nevada and is the primary spokesperson for the event. Brett earned his doctorate in business administration at Oklahoma State University in Stillwater. He's taught university classes in organizational behavior, social business, personal branding, leadership, operations management, and international management. Well, welcome, Brett. Goodness gracious, that was the most impressive introduction. Uh, Good morning, Sherry. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, the first TEDx University of Nevada was held January 25th, 2013. So for many attendees, myself included, that TEDx event became one of the intellectual and emotional highlights of the year. Now in its fourth year, the next event will be held at the Pioneer Center on January 23rd, 2016, and tickets, which are going super fast, can be purchased through their website at TEDxUniversityOfNevada.org. So Brett, let's talk about why you wanted to bring this event to Northern Nevada. Yeah, that's a good question. I get that asked all the time, and especially the first year. Uh, my partner in crime, Jim McClenahan, kept asking me over and over again, now, why are we doing this? And really, it was it was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I, TEDx really wasn't on my radar at all. I, I'd watched a few TED videos, but I wasn't super familiar with them. Certainly wasn't a TED TEDx addict. I was in Oklahoma City having dinner with a guy I had never met before. I had connected with him online. His name is David Burkus. He will actually be the first speaker at our event this year. Um, So I'm having dinner with David Burkus, and we're talking about stuff, and he mentions that he might pursue a TEDx license for his university. And I said, wait a minute, what's that? What are you talking about? And went on to explain to me, which I didn't know, 
that you can get uh, a license to hold a TED type event in your city, at your university, wherever it might be. And and for some reason that I mean, it just the motivation just struck me right then. That sounds really cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look into this. As soon as I got home, uh, this would have been like May of 2012. I went and applied for the license. Two weeks later, I had a license to hold TEDx University of Nevada. And then I went and asked for permission <laughs> to, <laughs> to hold the event. So uh, everything moved actually really quickly that first year. And, and by May, you know, school's already out. We really didn't start organizing until the semester started in late August, early September of 2012. And in a few short months, we put together the event that we held in January of 2013. We did not know what we were doing. We got really lucky our first year. We've always had a great team. We had a great group of initial speakers, including some people in that initial group that really took me to school and showed me the potential. Well, I've been at every one. And we appreciate your support. We we really I mean I I mean this sincerely. Jim McClanahan always made sure I was there, and I appreciated that. And so looking forward to certainly this next one coming up. But when you you think of you know TED as a whole, most people don't realize it's been around Mm -hmm. for thirty years. Only in the last really five or six years, I would say, has it become this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It has exploded in the Mm -hmm. last five or six years. I was looking at some statistics online the other day. And as of May, I mean, th- th- there's probably been 3,500 to 4,000 TEDx events held since the first one was held at USC, TEDx USC, a few years back. And there's there's close to 40,000 TEDx videos out there. But the demand for these continues to, to grow. I mean, I, I tune into the TEDx YouTube channel almost daily to see videos posted and there could be there could be 40 50 60 videos a day posted and, and so there's a lot of competition for eyeballs out there but there's people are still watching these videos people are still sharing them people are still inspired and excited something i read was that this is back in 2012 they'd hit their 1 billionth view mm-hmm. So now we're talking almost four years later. You yeah. can imagine they're probably at two billion by now. Yeah, but. I don't remember the exact number, but it's um, it's substantive. Yeah. And TEDx TEDx really impacted the TED brand. I think TEDx took off in a way that they did not anticipate, and they've had to emerge and grow and adjust accordingly. It's had a good impact on the TED brand. It's it's a challenge as well. Because now that you have these taking place everywhere, all over the world, every day, they have to really tightly control how the event is run, how it's branded. And I appreciate that because I want the TEDx brand to mean something very clear. Right. If people are out there doing whatever they want to do and producing all types of stuff, then it diminishes the value of the event that we run. Exactly. So when people find our TEDx videos, I want them to understand that this is produced to high standards that Ted set before us. I mean, that's good for everyone involved. It's good for you. Asked me why we do the event. It, it uh, really, my initial motivation was to do something for this community because you and I know the wealth of tremendous people, ideas that live here in, in Reno, 
and to be able to record them and put a TEDx brand on them and, and send them all over the world and say, hey, these, this event happened here in Reno. Some of these people are from Reno, and others were drawn to Reno to share their big idea here. It, it's, it's good for the community. It's good for the University of Nevada. It's good for the speaker and his or her organization, and it's good for the event. All right. Well, and, and think about it. Back then, I mean, really nothing existed here like a TEDx event, obviously. And so pretty much in the business community or the arts community, all in their silos. And this was a great way. What I loved about attending all these events is the diversity of the audience, the diversity of the speaker, and those that, I mean, when we literally left the day, emotionally, physically drained. That's that's a perfect way to describe <laughs> it. And I tell people that. I mean, even for this event coming up, we'll be our biggest one ever. Uh, people will leave uh, physically and emotionally exhausted. But it's it's a day that they're not going to experience anything like it. I mean, I've been to these all over the country. So, I mean, I've purchased plane tickets, hotels, in addition to the price of admission to attend these all over the country. And I got to tell you, the one we hold right here is as good as just about any I've, I've attended anywhere. When you talk about, especially from the business perspective, how do you not think about yourself, right? Your job, your day, your all of it. It's a great way to just lose yourself in the day and it helps you really put your own life into perspective a lot of times. I mean, some of these speakers and their the stories they share or the cause that they're standing behind are just like, thank goodness I've learned about this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that is, um, I mean, Ted really pushes us. I mean, as, a, as the curator, as a producer, I have to reapply for a license every year. And they they look very carefully at the event that you just held to decide if they're going to license you to hold another event. And they want to make sure that you're not too narrowly focused, which we kind of were in the beginning because I'm a business professor. I kind of favor leadership, business, management types of talks. And uh, and they noticed that early on and uh, and encouraged me to, you know, branch out. They're they, you know, in their words, they want speakers that will fire every part of the brain. Mm-hmm. So all types of topics, all types of um, ideas. And, and really, my responsibility as a curator is to try to give voice to a wide variety of people. Whether I don't have you to, agree or not <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't right? matter. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. And that is, to me, that is a, I take that as a major responsibility that I that I seek a diversity of viewpoints that I don't necessarily ascribe to myself, but as a university, this is what universities represent, a variety, a diversity of, of thought, and it exposes you to these ideas, and you can, you can walk away thinking what you want about it. You'll see that at this event, there'll be a huge diversity of ideas presented. The TEDx University of Nevada that's going to be held on January 23rd at the Pioneer Center. It's a Saturday, which I dig because Mm -hmm. now it's just really, and you spend the whole day there. But to get tickets or find out more, go to TEDxUniversityOfNevada.org. 
When we come back, I'm going to pick up this conversation with Brett Simmons. Why this TED story continues. This is Diane Sieg from Denver, Colorado. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is engaging and empowering with her own practices of mindfulness, both in business and in life. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Hey, this is Jeff Hyman, your startup therapist based in Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important because she really gets it. She understands what entrepreneurs need to do to build a successful business. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Since the first TED conference 30 years ago, speakers have run the gamut from political figures, musicians, and TV personalities who are completely at ease before a crowd to lesser-known academics, scientists, and writers, some of whom feel deeply uncomfortable giving presentations. Giving a TED Talk is often characterized as giving the talk of your life. TED venues ask you to distill your life's work or experience into a maximum 18-minute talk in a way no one else has ever done. Simple, right? No, not really. Finding your idea is about finding a point of view that expresses your insight in a distinct way. My guest, Brett Simmons, Ph.D., holds the license for TEDx University of Nevada and is the primary spokesperson for the event. He's an associate professor of management at UNR and has an outstanding positive organizational behavior blog on his website, which you can find at brettlsimmons.com. So, Brett. A good short speech presents one idea, tells one story, and asks one question. And of course, the best presentations seem spontaneous, even if they're highly scripted. So let's talk about your process for helping inexperienced presenters to frame, practice, and deliver talks that people enjoy watching. I had to laugh as you read that because, you know, you talked about it being... A challenging talk. It literally is. I tell I tell our speakers this. It's the most challenging talk you'll give in your life. And all I ask of them, I literally ask them. I sent in an email yesterday, uh, 19 days before. I hope you will give us what is the best short talk of your life. That, I, mean, I tell my speakers that, and that's what we want. We're looking for people who uh, have in them this big idea we're spreading, and uh, they're willing to put in the months of hard work to prepare to give us the best short talk of their life. Even if you're an experienced speaker, and we don't necessarily look for those, it, it's, it will be the most challenging talk you ever give. Right. And for inexperienced speakers, which are fine with us, 
we have a process where we set them up to walk them through and prepare it. So I guess you want me to, to talk to you about how we select. Well, that, uh, but s- also, you know, like you and I have talked for years mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I know how to present. I'm right. a public speaker. Yeah. For me, it's really that how do I come up with this idea? Because the stuff I normally talk about, that's yeah. easy. Yeah, it's humbling, actually, because I, I mean, I'm in your boat as well, because mm-hmm. I speak, and I'm used to, you know, standing up and speaking for 45 minutes to an hour, just pretty much off the cuff. I don't memorize anything. To be challenged to think, what is my big idea, and, and how would I narrow that down to a 10, 12, 14-minute talk? is really difficult. So if someone wants to speak at a, at a TED, TEDx event, my, my biggest advice is go attend an event. Because you, once you attend an event and you see the variety and the diversity of ideas, as we talked about in the previous segment, and you see how well prepared these people that are not professional speakers are, it really kind of helps you understand how big the game is. I mean, this is really a super challenge. These are independently organized events, but we were the first TEDx in Reno, there are now probably four. TEDx Reno came after us. TEDx Carson City will launch in 2016. And there is a TEDx Davidson Academy. It's kind of more private. Each of the events runs their speaker selection and preparation process differently. We have learned, I have learned, that we, I pretty much recruit speakers all year long. So I will start talking to people, having coffee, telephone conversations, short meetings uh, in March, April, May about what's their big idea, should you pitch us a TEDx talk, letting them know what it entails, things of that nature. And then I tell everyone on June 1st, we have an open call for speakers and every single speaker presenter from the school teacher down the street to the rock star who plays internationally, has to submit a proposal. That proposal for us goes before a committee of three. I'm not on the committee. And you have to have a unanimous vote from the three people on the committee. You know, I start talking to people in March, April, May. June 1st, we open our call for proposals. On June 1st, I learn who's really motivated. So if I had coffee with you in April and May and and you said you had a big idea, and I said, that's great. You should pitch us a proposal on June 1st. And you pitch me a proposal on June 1st, I know you were serious. And if I know you're serious, then I have a good indication that you're probably going to be with me for the months of hard preparation that are going to come. But even, I mean, all the people I talked to in March, April, and May who I asked to pitch proposals, not all those people were accepted by, you know, the committee that had to vote on it. Um, So not everyone that pitched got accepted. And then we had so many that got unanimous votes. We had probably five, six, seven talks that got a unanimous vote from our committee that would would have been great TED Talks, would still be a great TED Talk. We just didn't have room for them this year. Mm, So, you know, I tell them, go pitch TEDx Carson City, go pitch TEDx Reno, go look around the country, pitch TEDx events. And, And if you can't find something, keep us in mind for next year. But it's a very competitive process. And the way we do it is I don't – so I used, I did this the first year. I had this open call for proposals. I said it closed 60 days later. And then ostensibly you would look at all the 
applications you got in those 60 days. We don't do it that way. So on June 1st, if I get a proposal and I send it to my committee and on June 3rd they give a unanimous vote, I'm going to announce you as a speaker on June 5th. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, so it's I, quick. I, it's quick. I, I, I don't w- second guess it. Uh, we just – once we decide that you're TEDx caliber, I'll, I'll say send me your photo and bio. We'll announce you. And so we are, we are announcing speakers a week after our call for speakers opens. And this year – and I was glad it worked this way. This year we had, we had 24 speakers selected in three weeks. Wow. We closed our call for proposals before the end of June. Really, most of the people we selected were recruited. They were people I had had coffee with, conversations with earlier in the year. So in that respect, we do ours really different. Because, you know, as a speaker, most call for proposals, they open, and then they go recruit. Right. So they they say, hey, June 1st, we open our call for proposals, and then they go recruit people. We do it the exact opposite. We recruit, and then we open, and we close quickly. But like you said, if, you know, now the speaker has six months, I mean, realistically, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about giving the speech of your life, Mm -hmm. this isn't something you pull together in 30 days. No, but that's classic. (laughs) That is the classic Mm -hmm. TED format. If you you read TED talk about how they select speakers and how they prepare speakers, they've said it, that we spend six months preparing our speakers. And so we share that we share TEDx documents with them. When I share with all my speakers documents that I got from Ted and from Chris Anderson, the curator of Ted, that talk about this rigorous preparation process and ours. So we'll select you in June, July. We had almost everyone announced by August. Our formal process starts in October. So you're off on your own as a speaker until October. And, and in September, I send, you a, I send our speakers an email and say, hey, on October, whatever, I need a script. I need you to send me a script. If you don't have a script, I need a really detailed outline. And most of the people I you know will have that. Some people show up in October. They're they're they've got almost the whole thing ready to go. They're they're so well prepared. The classic person to me was Wendy DeMonte, who's just the consummate professional. She showed up in October of last year. She was she's almost there. She had the full script, had the whole thing written out, had most of it memorized. She was way ahead of the game. That's our first meeting in October. And in November, with our speakers, we require them to show up and, and deliver the talk. Now, you can use notes in November. We encourage you to be as far along as you can in November. In December, we hold our final preparation. We usually try to get a stage. We're People stand up on the stage, and we have a lot of people in the audience who will give feedback. And, uh, and in December, we tell people, you need to show up prepared to do this without notes. And so now you walk away with another five weeks to perfect your speech in front of your tribe, your friends, your family, your colleagues. It is different than talks. Like you and I give talks. We show up and we speak. I don't know what it might be called impromptu, but we talk off the cuff. The TED Talk is really a performance. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. is, it is a scripted performance. And a, and a lot of professional speakers don't like that because we don't script well, we, our stuff. You're not feeding off the audience. So mm. in other words, when you and I go and speak, it's audience engagement. Right. We're answering questions. Right. And we're really tuned into who the audience. This is you're coming out of your own head, right. your own thought, mm-hmm. blinded by lights. Mm-hmm. 
and you're being videotaped yes. and streamed. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it is, it's a performance. Yes. Um, and so it's, it, it has to be the best performances are scripted and memorized, and they're rehearsed to the point where they don't look memorized. They're so well rehearsed that it looks, when the speaker delivers it, it looks like they're just standing up having a conversation with us. Now, that's, that's the, the, you know, the pinnacle of a TED Talk, and a lot of people get there. But you don't have to. I mean, there are people that have not, when they got on stage, you know, their delivery was lacking in some way or another. But the big idea carries the day. Right. And I've seen this so many times. Ted, Ted will tell you this, and it is so true that the big idea is what really matters. So even if the speaker is, you know, a little rough as he or she delivers, and even if, let's say, the video quality, I've watched videos from other TED events, TEDx events, is not as good as ours. Ours is really good video. People will still watch the video and share it with friends if the big idea we're spreading is something that resonates with them. So it truly is a forum where the big idea carries the day. Right. Well, you know? And because, you know, reality is these are not professional speakers. Mm-mm. These are, like you say, from the school teacher mm-hmm. to the ER doctor yeah. to right. the kid who has a great idea. Mm-hmm. That's what's so fun is because you know that, you know, A, they're not going to pitch you anything, mm-hmm. and B, that the commitment and the hard work and everything they've gone through to be able to share this big idea has real value. Mm-hmm. It's um, they, they go through a tremendous amount of hours of preparation. And still, we tell them, our focus, again, all TEDx events are different. I'm a brander. I believe in content and moving the content around to, um, to influence people around the world. I don't, I'm, I'm not entirely motivated by, by just holding a talk where the people that were there the day of the event are jazzed. I mean, that's great. I want that to happen. But, I mean, we have this um, tremendous opportunity where one day a year, Ted allows us to record however many people we want. This year it's 25. We get one day a year to record 25 big ideas we're spreading, put our name with TEDx's name, and send it out to the world to influence people. And so to me, the, the real goal is the video. And we will, we will tell our, I will tell our speakers, look, if something goes wrong, while you're performing, just stop. If you lose your place, if you get flustered, whatever it might be, stop. Take a deep breath, gain your composure, and then start over. The, the live audience will know and they will forgive you. The video audience will never know you screwed up right. because our, our video guy, Tyler Borns, is so good. He just edits it right out, and, and you, you can't tell. Now, if there were a couple of those you might remember from last year, there were two people yes. that stopped. One of them even left the stage. I yes. wasn't sure we were. I was not <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure we were going to get her back on. Yeah. But uh, you know, three, four, five minutes later, she came back on. She started over. When you watch the video, we know that oh, this is about where she, you know, exited, exited stage left. Yeah. But no one else. Really yeah. knows. I mean, yeah. you can tell she's a little more nervous at a certain part than she was at another part, but um, it really doesn't matter. And um, and and more than ever, I mean, we I've built redundancy, and we're not only I tell the speaker 
stop if you need to. But I've got like five or six people that I've said, you know, if something's not right, you stop the show. Wave your hands and say, stop, stop, stop. The audio's not right. The light's not right. The, the whatever is not right. Because we've got this one chance to make this video, and we don't want to mess it up. Right. We're going to continue to talk with Brett Simmons, who is the curator of TEDx University of Nevada, Reno. We'll be right back. This is Mike Fossey from Fort Collins, Colorado in Reno, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she gave me the opportunity to promote the Civil Air Patrol and Honor Flight. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Hello, I'm Andy from Junking Reno. Why would you call us instead of doing it yourself? There's lots of good reasons. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather or haul all your stuff to the curb. We can pick it up from your home and haul it away quickly. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business, and we're fully licensed and bonded. And you don't have to wait in a long line at a landfill or transfer station. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. This is Billy Riggs, author of Megatudes and the world's only disillusionist. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Let's start this segment with a major premise so articulately expressed throughout all speaking courses of any note that one of the greatest tools for success in any line of endeavor is the ability to stand on our feet confidently, speak articulately, and express our thoughts in the logical order of their sequence. This is often the difference between rising to success and floundering in mediocrity. One of the greatest tragedies in life is the waste of human resources. Too many people die today with their music still within them, never having released their imprisoned splendor. But not if you know my guest, Brett Simmons, Ph.D., Associate Professor of Management at UNR, and the person who holds the license for TEDx University of Nevada, now in its fourth year, the next event will be held at the Pioneer Center on January 23rd, and tickets can be purchased through their website at TEDxUniversityOfNevada.org. So, Brett, 
Let's talk about the after effects, the opportunities and experiences that some of the previous TEDx University of Nevada speakers have come to know. Well, let's do that, Sherry. <laughs> but I, I got to tell you this, you know, you can see me right here. I have this big beaming smile. This, you are really as prepared as any radio host I've ever been with. I'm really, Thank Im- you. really, really <laughs> impressed. As you read this stuff, I'm like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? So it's really good. It has had effects beyond our imagination. And in our very first year, my goal all along was to create these videos that branded the community, branded the university, branded the speaker, branded our event. And uh, in, in my initial thinking on what would be a successful video, a viral video, was 10 20,000 views. Our first year, um, we had a speaker on the program, a 13-year-old kid named Logan LaPlante. And I have to tell you honestly, he barely made the program. He, uh, he was not one of our recruited speakers. Uh, I was working with his father, David LaPlante, recruiting uh, his business partner. Um, and that was the recruited speaker. And David says, hey, you know, my son loves these TED Talks. He'd be, he really would be interested in giving a, a TEDx talk. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, sure, have him pitch us a proposal. He pitched us a proposal. It really didn't hit my radar screen. I didn't think much of it. Uh, and then the day of the event, I don't know if you remember this. But I do. It was, <laughs> I, I think it was, an, it was a revelation to everyone in the audience, this 13-year-old kid stood on stage and showed us how it's done. He delivered this well-prepared, um, big idea type of talk, and he just he just nailed it. And we put that thing out there um, in February of 2013, and it wasn't long before that it had 40,000 views. And when his video hit 40,000 views, we we celebrated. We 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 were like, we did it. We accomplished our goal. We have a viral video, 40,000 views. And little did we know our vision was way way too small. When he when that when that video surpassed 100,000 views. I mean, again, once once again we were just aghast. Couldn't believe it. Uh and then it passed a million views. And today, that video stands at 8.8 million views. It's the fourth most viewed TEDx talk ever, and which is quite an accomplishment because all those, those 8.8 million views, they didn't come from the video being shown at the TED site, which TED sometimes does. Sometimes TED will pick up a TEDx video and post it on their website, which is, you know, a guarantee for hundreds of thousands of views. But this is the fourth most viewed TEDx talk ever, and it was produced right here in Reno, Nevada in 2013 by a 13-year-old kid. Yeah, I remember. He rocked it, and I mean, we were all just stunned. But again, his big idea was fabulous. Yeah, it was fabulous. Yes, other speakers that, mm-hmm. you know, how did it really kind of change yeah. their world? Well, it does. And you don't have to have 8.8 million views for it to change your world. Now, Logan would tell you it had a huge impact 
um, on his life. I, I saw, uh, you know, I, I follow him on social media. Just six months ago, he was in Europe, invited to some conference in Europe to speak at this conference. So he's been invited to speak all over. He's been featured in documentaries as a result of his video. I think his parents were a little surprised and not really prepared for all the attention he was getting at at 13 years old. And you know, when you post a video on YouTube, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, some of the comments are positive, but a lot of them are just stupid, ugly comments. Uh, And we've had that. I mean, we've we've had – so we've got this video, Logan LaPlante out there with 8.8 million views. Our second most viewed video is now – approaching 500,000 views, which in and of itself is is a tremendous... Still fabulous. Fabulous, <laughs> tremendous accomplishment. And the, our third most viewed video is approaching 160, 170,000 views. That would be the Elizabeth Smart video. Um, but a lot of, a lot of our locals um, have, like from last year's event, a guy named Hugh Hempel talked about medical cannabis and uh, how it affects his daughters. That video is approaching 80,000 views. So that that tells you that it, it's an influential piece of content. People are watching it. People are discussing it. It's, it's potentially changing people's thinking about the issue, which is the whole purpose. Well, and, and again, when you think about you know, sitting through 25 different speakers. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, at, at 15 minutes a pop, that's a lot of intake. When we right. talked about you leave literally emotionally, physically drained. However, some of those talks are so memorable. I've never forgotten Hugh Hempel's yeah. speech. Yeah. And I mean, honest to goodness, I don't walk into the theater without a box of Kleenex. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And again, his message, it's its not a, I mean, some is opinion, but mm. it's really, this is reality, yeah. folks, you know? He wasn't even our, uh, he wasn't even our impact speaker that year. So every year I look amongst our speakers and I say, now who is the person that's probably going to have the largest emotional impact on the audience? And I schedule that person, the last speaker before lunch. Because after we just hit you with this super emotional speech, we need to give you time to escape. And a couple of years ago, that was Elizabeth Smart, mm-hmm. who for me, the Elizabeth Smart talk is the most riveting 12 minutes I've ever sat through. She was spot on. Her delivery was excellent. Of course, she lived the story for nine months of her life. Uh, and it was just, it was, as in her words, it was a squirmy talk. You know, people are uncomfortable with the discussion of that content. Last year, um, it was Nicole Hockley who uh, spoke of the, you know, the death of her son at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Just a riveting talk. This is really interesting because uh, you, you, you never really know uh, how this content is going to affect people. I, I was sure that the Hockley video would, would be extremely well-received, yet tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. We posted that thing on on the TEDx YouTube site. And about a day or two later, TEDx did something I've never seen them do before. They turned off the comments to the video because the all she was talking about was her, her you know, the truth. Her son was killed. Um, someone shot him. Uh, he was a second grader. 
at an elementary school. And people showed up in groves to discredit her. Mm-hmm. And to and to and and which I'd never thought and I never knew existed. There's a large number of people out there that whether they believe it or not, the story they tell is the government made up Sandy Hook. It never really happened. It's it's a government conspiracy. I mean, and just ugly, ugly, ugly comments. And uh, and so the comments to that video are are turned off. And if you watch the video, it's actually a thought provoking video. But um, the negative thumbs down are twice as many as the thumbs up. Because, mm. I mean, people yeah. showed up in organized fashion to try to silence that piece of content. So it doesn't – really controversial content doesn't always have the effect that you So the one you that you thought would go big and viral mm-hmm. in kind of backfired on itself, even though, again, you and I, because we sat through her presentation, the content was riveting. Again, the box of Kleenex, the reality of this woman's true story, Mm -hmm. what she experienced, no one can take that away, and how blessed I felt to be there to hear her thought and what she went through. And yes, she has a right to her opinion, her thought, and her motives for her message. And so we we, we felt honored that she agreed to, you know, to come out and give the talk. Absolutely. Um, And uh, you know, one of our team members worked hard to recruit that. And it's it's interesting when you when you meet these people behind the scenes, and when you meet Nicole Hockley, who's a sincere, real person with a real story. You also begin to experience beyond the talk how that event really changed her life. I mean, you can tell. I don't. I don't meet people like her, and when when we interact with her, you I, you can just tell she's different than most people I spend I rub elbows with on a daily basis. She's changed forever. She doesn't travel alone. She the Sandy Hook when they go out and speak there there was another Sandy Hook parent there, and they were just. Different, changed, affected. When we met Elizabeth Smart, humble, gracious woman, but she, she's different than anyone I've ever met. You can't help but be changed by the nine months of physical abuse that she went through, and she is changed. So it was—I mean—it was fascinating to to meet these people and interact with them behind the scenes as well. And it's—it's—it's it's, it's really interesting because. Um, you meet, I mean, you know this, meeting speakers, some of whom are pro- professional speakers. Not all of them are humble bumbles. and uh, But it's so refreshing to meet people that are really good at their craft and really still humble about what they do. Well, and, and, and the willingness to step up yeah. and share some of these heart-wrenching, unbelievable <clears throat> stories yeah. that they feel there's a bigger message and a purpose and why they must share. Right. So we have to go to break. We come back, pick up with Brett Simmons, and we're talking about the TEDx University of Nevada event January 23rd, which will be at the Pioneer Center. So go out to their website, TEDxUniversityOfNevada.org, if you want to learn more. We'll be right back. This is Brett Simmons from Reno, Nevada. You're listening to the fantastic Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she is the real deal. Thank you, Sherry. 
Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Are you ready to begin living a sensational life? This is Dwayne Cummings, author of The Sensational Salesman. I'm on the Sherry Hill Show next weekend, Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m. on 99.1 FM Talk. This will be an exciting radio show to help you achieve lifelong happiness and fulfillment. You will love this radio show next weekend, Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m on 99.1 FM Talk. Don't miss it. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. TED is a nonprofit devoted to spreading ideas, usually in the form of short, powerful talks, 18 minutes or less. This program began over 30 years ago And out of it developed these fascinating events called TEDx. My guest, Brett Simmons, Ph.D., holds the license for TEDx University of Nevada and is the primary spokesperson for the event. Brett, we've been talking about, obviously, in this last segment, we went back and we were reliving some of those very emotional and powerful thought-provoking, short, intelligent speeches that you're on the lookout for every year. And of course, we have an event coming up January 23rd that'll be at the Pioneer Center. But let's talk about that. Before I forget, I want to thank you for having me on the show. It's You really do a great job. Thank Again, you. I'm really impressed and I'm, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this event. So the event has really uh, exceeded our wildest imagination. It has morphed into something that we really could not have anticipated. Uh, for three years in a row, we were in the, you know, we were in the, the theater at the um, Student Union on the campus of the University of Nevada, seats 220. And so by the time we account for our speakers and, uh, and their guests, we really only had about 130 tickets to sell every year. And we would sell out in an hour. And I, it just became apparent to me that, that it was just unacceptable to organize the best event that no one could see. Because only 130 people could buy tickets to this thing. So we took a huge leap to try to find a larger venue. We tried to find something acceptable on campus, and we just there's just no really event-type venue there that could host a large number of people, feed them lunch, all that stuff. So we moved off campus, and we moved into the Pioneer Center this year at Seats 1400. And we're, when we're thinking about this, you know, originally we're thinking, all right, the most we've ever sold is 130 seats. 
we would we would be gosh if we could sell 500 seats it would be great and then 500 you know think wow we really need to sell 600 and uh, today you know just we still have not less than not full two weeks of ticket sales left we've sold a thousand seats and we we really only have about another hundred and hundred and fifty tickets left to sell. So we're approaching a sellout, and uh, January 15th will be the last day that your listeners can purchase tickets. It's a major event. The technical stuff changes, the sound. A huge part of why these events are successful is because they're intimate. Mm -hmm. And you're, after each speaker or the segment of speakers, you're communicating with other audience members Mm -hmm. and and sharing, you know, your, because this is really about conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's thought-provoking. You want people to go out right. during intermission yep. and have these conversations about these big yep. ideas. So that's going to be interesting to me what what dynamic well, that's going to change. And you're going to see that this year in the Pioneer because if you've ever been there, you know that when you're in the theater, there's, a, there's seating for 1,400 people. But there's no place for 1,400 people to in a separate room to congregate and have refreshments and stuff. The room we sell refreshments in, only the room we give away refreshments in, only seats 400 people. So it's going to be wall-to-wall, elbow-to-elbow people during the intermissions, and you'll be in close contact. And that's what Ted wants. Ted wants you to interact with other attendees. Um, the I've already told our speakers, you know, People are going to want to talk to you. Please make yourself available. Please discuss your big idea with them during lunch and during interventions. But that's that's the real beauty of the event as well. Well, and also it's what's interesting to me is that now, you know, in years prior when you told your speakers, oh, my gosh, you're only going to deliver to 100 people. Now you're going to deliver to 40. 100 people. I mean, there's a whole nother level of stress. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the speakers are going to respond to a much bigger audience. Yeah. And that is an unknown for us, yeah. too. I haven't seen it. So I don't know what to tell them. When you were, when you were a speaker presenting on the stage at the Student Union, I, I'd seen it. I'd stood up there. I'd watch people deliver. I could pretty much tell you how things are going to run. Now I can extrapolate. I know you're going to you're going to take a longer walk to the center of this huge stage. You're going to stand in in the center of a small red carpet and deliver your talk in front of an enormous audience of people, some of whom you won't see, but some of them will be close enough. You'll you'll be able to tell the color of their eyes they'll be that close. Well, the other thing, you know, part of the event protocol is that, you know, once you're in the room, you don't leave the room, mm-hmm. which is easy to manage 130 people. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking 1,400 people that, you know, the phone's going to ring. I got out of the bat. So it's going to be interesting. I'm glad I'm going to mm-hmm. be there. We're down to about 150 maybe tickets left. Anybody that's listening that has never experienced a TEDx event, where should they go to buy their ticket now? Just Google TEDx University of Nevada, and it will take you to our website, TEDxUniversityNevada.org. Up in the top left corner, you'll see text that says buy tickets. When you click on that box that says buy tickets, you'll be taken to the Pioneer Center website. The tickets are sold through Pioneer Center, through their Ticketmaster. You'll pay $91 plus their fee, so you'll get in under $100 for a full day of 25 speakers and entertainers. We have more entertainers than we've ever had in the past. 
you'll get two refreshments and a box lunch, and it will be a day that you will not forget. Absolutely. So um, let's talk quickly about your team mm-hmm. because this takes a lot of people to put on this event. Yeah. And more now, I'm guessing, this year because the venue and and the amount of attendees. And so... Well, we were marveling this year. Jim and I, so my main partner in crime is Jim McClanahan at the university. But, we, I mean, we reflected this year on what an amazing team we've put together of not just university people from the College of Business and Nicole Shear and Digital Marketing, but these community members like Amanda Burden... Um, and uh, Abby Whitaker, who who come forward and and give so generously. Alice Hyman, oh my goodness, Alice has contributed so generously. Megan McIntosh, um, these people that really embrace the event because they see the impact it has on the community, and it's just an amazing team. I, there's so many community members involved on our team. It's not just a university event, and and that's that's really an interesting point to make of our event is is from the beginning we have been an outward-facing event. We, In our very first year, we did not put a single speaker from the University of Nevada on stage. They were all community members. In our second year, we started to put a few faculty people and a few students. And now in our fourth year, there's two students and two faculty members of 25. But the rest of those are community members and people from outside the community. So we, our goal was to create this forum for community ideas and voices and to become a destination event for speakers all over the world and performers all over the world that want to, that are looking for a good TEDx event to deliver a talk. Um, ours is high on the list. And we have, a, we have a reputation for that. It really encouraged me to see that sometimes my vision is too small. I attended an event in Fargo, North Dakota, smaller community than this. And on a Thursday, they had 1,500 people in an event center to attend TEDx Fargo, and it blew me away. We talked in the previous segment, gosh, I wonder if we could sell 500 tickets. I realized sitting in Fargo, North Dakota, my vision's too small. If they can do that there, what can we do here? You know, I teach this. You're, you're limited by your beliefs. You're, the biggest barriers to success are between your ears. Brett Simmons, professor at the University of Nevada. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you for being dun, 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 dun. here. Glad that TEDx is here, January 23rd. Do not wait if you want to go. Tickets are going fast, very few remaining. And what a great way to start the new year. Oh, thank you for having me. My goodness, time flew. (laughs) The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.